Welcome to episode 71 of Talking to the Mic. Uh, first things first, our prayers and and uh, wishful thinking go out to all those in Florida uh, that were hit by the hurricane. I have a lot of friends down there, and uh, luckily most of them uh, seem to be okay. Uh, just got off the phone with the West Virginia legend, uh, Daryl Talley. He's in the Tampa St. Pete area, and he said he didn't even lose power, so uh, I guess it was hit or miss, but anyway, uh, folks in Florida, we're thinking about you, and we're going to attempt to set up a uh, fundraiser on our uh, website, and uh, Miss Haley's taking care of that, and in the meantime... Let's talk a little sports. Presenting a new way to dip with hemp. Artesian Grange Company crafts a new pouch with no tobacco and no nicotine. Go to shopartesiangrange.com and find two different brands and several different flavors containing 5 milligrams of full spectrum CDB per pouch. We're talking 100% hemp flour in a hemp fiber pouch. The best way to enjoy hemp is in a pouch, and now it's here. Replace that tobacco and nicotine and dip with hemp. Shop artesian.com. Tell them Big Mike sent you. Folks, so you have anxiety, insomnia, have trouble falling and staying asleep, chronic pain, arthritis, neurothypic pain seizures how about trying perfect edge botanicals you can go to the website look up all the products it is a natural hemp based product and it is illegal it is not the illegal stuff and uh, if you will enter your coupon code as mike66 You'll get a 25% discount. So, glad to have uh, Perfect Edge Botanicals on board. And check them out. Welcome to episode 71 of Talking to the Mic. Uh, we have a returning guest today. And before I tell you, let me just say this. If the guy was a rock star, Kiss would be his opening act. How about that? Uh, a superstar in every every manner of speaking. He's uh, got some great shows out and works with the W Children's Hospital, Mr. Dale Wolfley. Dale, are you with me? Yeah, Mikey D. I'm with you, brother. Uh, I like that. You know, Kiss, you know, that's, that's kind of cool. Uh, I have to tell you, I got to be a little bit more humble, though, maybe. You know, instead of Kiss, I would probably have Guns N' Roses. <laughs> Well, I I didn't really know what your uh, your genre was, but I thought you know Kiss was up there, and um, they're definitely up there, my friend. Definitely up there. And thank you for the great introduction. And even though I've already forgotten what you said about me, I still like you. <laughs> it was all good. It was all good. Let's <laughs> let's get right into it, man. First of all, uh, I know you're with me on this, and our thoughts and prayers with all of our friends and former teammates in Florida. Uh, with the storm that came through there, and 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 I did talk to Daryl Talley this morning. Uh, his power never even went out, believe it or not. So, uh, you know, we're we're thinking of them. Yeah, you know, I think DT. I think he probably has a little uh, compound there where he's unlike separate from everybody else because everybody else that I talked to has had some type of issue. So, absolutely, uh, I have uh, prayers for Florida, the great people of the great state of Florida, thinking about you, you know, thinking about everybody, but obviously it comes home when it's people that you know, mountaineers, uh, family, friends, all that. So, yeah, really special uh, uh, heartfelt uh, shout out to them. And, and you know, like Joe's back, big Joe's, Brian, you know, we have the Mountaineer Legends pregame coming up this weekend, and uh, he's on a generator right now. 
for his house. I should say he's not a generator, but his house is on support of a generator. Not sure if he's actually going to make it or not, uh, but you know we're hoping. I know he's he's going to he's doing good. Family is safe. His daughter Bree, who is uh, very long in her term of pregnancy, is uh, doing well as well. So again, uh, a lot of people doing big things at big times and difficult times, but they're standing up. And really, those are your everyday heroes, Mikey. Right. I, I couldn't agree more. And uh, that being said, let's talk a little Mountaineer football. Uh, well, oh, wait, I'm going to have to interject before we get into that, okay? Because okay. I asked you to call me a little bit later than what we scheduled because today is Hydrocephalus Awareness Day. And Zyler Hawkins, my good buddy, uh, little Z girl who I met back at WVU Medicine Children's when she was, oh, I'd say probably in her, her twos. And she has had so many obstacles in her life uh, due to hydrocephalus and then complications from hydrocephalus. So today is Hydrocephalus Awareness Day. Z-Girl went out on Facebook and, and she put out this wear blue. So I'm wearing blue today. Today is September 30th, 2022. I'm wearing blue for you, Z-Girl. All right, got it out there. I wanted to make sure I remembered that. Well said, and and I actually had a chance to meet her and her dad, Keith. Um, yeah, at the Daryl Talley uh, signing we had, and what a sweet little girl, and That's a great right. Mountaineer fan. And she, you know, the guys all loved her and took pictures with her, and uh, she was she was as big as hit as DT was. Well, I'm going to tell you this right now: that girl's not afraid of the camera. Right? She is not afraid, <laughs> and, and she has joy and a smile for each and every person she meets. Yeah, I'm glad you. I'm glad you put that message forward, Dale. Yep, absolutely. All right, now you may continue, sir. Uh, thank you. Uh, the Mountaineers last out against Virginia Tech. Uh, you know, in my opinion, they played great. Obviously, anytime you hold a Virginia Tech team to forty some yards rushing. And uh, they just played dominant. And uh, what are your thoughts on that? And then we'll talk about Texas. Okay. So looking at the season, let's, you got to go back because, you know, when a, a pro style offense as such as the Pitt Panthers, and you really felt that defense uh, did, did fairly well. A lot of uh, run in the box, a lot of those box battles were where they suffered was in more in the passing game, letting big plays go after the catch. So the Panthers had yards after catch, big plays that really hurt the Mountaineers missing those open tackles. And, you know, Kansas, we're not going to talk about that game right now because that's not fitting the theme I'm going with here. And Virginia Tech is a pro, pro uh, a traditional pro style offense. And that's why the Mountaineers, once again, just like the Pitt Panthers had success. And I think you're going to see that success with Texas. But getting back to last week in particular, it was nice to see when their backs were up against the wall. And Mikey D, no one knows this, man. You're down in southern West Virginia. You know, th those are Hokies, man. That's Lane Stadium. You know, when I did the Wolfman's call and I and people are like, man, you're, you're like really going a little bit wild this week. And I'm like, yeah, because this is it, man. You know, the battle cry had risen. I was going for my brothers, our brothers, us. And for Mountaineer fans, you're going down to Hokie Land. We don't have many opportunities down there recently. In the, and we probably won't, for the, the near future, have many opportunities as well. So you got to go down there. You got a, a Storm Lane Stadium. And, and our young brothers, they did that. And they did it in fashion of barbarians, man. You, you know, they went out there and they played a physical game in the three phases. You know, you started off with this offense. And it's what was it? It's the line of scrimmage. It is the Mountaineers took it to that defense, especially that box, those four defensive uh, linemen and the linebackers and the safeties they would bring in because they were like Pitt. They want to stop the run and they want to go man coverage. And so the Mountaineers in the offensive line with a really cool trick that they added, it wasn't a trick, it was just a, a technique, the tempo, meaning the speed of the tempo of the offense. They hurried it up. And it took its toll on Virginia Tech because they're 
whole bunch of energy, right? They want to bring energy and they want tackles for losses and pressure on the quarterback when he's throwing the ball. Well, that takes a lot of energy. And when you go ahead as an offense and you start going hurry, hurry, and going faster and faster, guess what, brother? You know what? You're taking that energy right out of them. And that's what the Mountaineers did. The Mountaineers did it in a style where you and I love, as we are dwellers of the trench, we are men of the trench, okay, in that line of scrimmage, okay, took their will right out of them. They, the Mountaineers forced their will on offense on the Hokies and drove them. And they eventually wore them down. Now you have a quarterback like JT Daniels, who goes ahead and is, has that excellent ability to change plays in the LOS. Now, I know that everybody's talking this week about Graham Harrell, the air raid, but it's a 50-50 game. Well, it's 50-50 now after four games because things average out. But what is it really going to be going down the road? It's going to be whatever successful. If the Mountaineers are winning by the running the ball, you saw JT Daniels, Grant Harrell and Neil Brown and everybody else, they, they made the checks to running the ball. They made the right calls. And that's what I said at the very beginning about JT Daniels. What's the best thing about him? Is it his five-star arm? No, but it helps. Is it his five-star swagger? No, but it helps. You know what it is? It's his five-star brain, man where he can sit there and pressure time, the pressure cooker is on and he can go ahead and make the correct plays so that the offense has a better probability of success, running the ball or throwing the ball when he has to. And let me continue on this little uh, tirade here, but I love the idea that they went and they targeted the tight end four times last week, four times. They even ran a... <laughs> a tight end screen, man. A tight end. I mean, it was awesome. And uh, Mikey O, <laughs> Michael Laughlin, got the big catch there. And you saw two receivers downfield blocking for him. Sam James and Bryce Ford Wheaton. And they were blocking downfield for him. I was like, you know, am I break that? I'm like, that is awesome. Because, you know, all Mikey O does and Paul and Dave, the other tight end, all they do is block for those receivers, those running backs. And this is a special way to reward them and reward, in this case, Mikey O, because they don't feed the ball. He wants the ball just as much as any running back, quarterback, or receiver. And I really loved it. And guess what? That makes it harder for defenses to prepare for this offense. You talked earlier in the season, or many did. I'm not saying you, Mikey. But you, they talked earlier about, hey, BFW, Bryce Ford, Wheaton. Everybody's, you know, Trying to, that's our one go to guy, and that's it. No, you've seen Caden Prather step up now. You've seen Sam James, all he does is catch touchdowns uh, as of late for sure. And, and now you put in Mikey O in that, and then you take CJ Donaldson, Tony Mathis, and Justin Johnson. And now you're cooking with some real grease, all right? Real good grease where you can go ahead and be an offense where you got a whole bunch of firepower and you can do different things. And that's what I love. And if you can go run, if it's working, you go run. If it's pass, we've seen JT Daniels can handle the passing game. So the offense is clicking, man, and it is it is top fire. And I love what they're doing, and I love the swagger, and I love the swagger of the offensive line. Boy, you talk about a group of guys that really have been ripped on for the past few years. And as soon as that game was over, as soon as I saw the dominance of the Mountaineers on that line of scrimmage, I haven't gotten to the defense yet. We're just talking offense right now. But, but as soon as I saw the dominance, I said the offensive line has arrived. And what I was saying in that, Mikey, was the fact that the offensive line has arrived, being that they're here, they are forced to be dealt with. Have they arrived and said that they're the bomb right now? Well, no, that's not – everybody's going to have to keep getting better and better each and every week. But you know what? They're not a problem anymore. They're not a deficiency to the offense. This offensive line has arrived as a force. You're going to have to deal with them. They have a lot more to grow and a lot more to go. But you got to love and you got to start somewhere of actually being effective and being there. And guess what? I'll tell you what. You ask Garvin. 
the defensive end that was leading Virginia Tech in sacks if the offensive line has arrived. Because that dude was on hands on knees, bent over, sucking wind. Okay, especially towards the end of the game, and the Mounters forced their will on them. That is the offense. Okay, that that is what I'm fired up about, and that uh, we'll get to Texas here in a little bit. But that is what they're going to need to do against the Longhorns. But now let's flip the ball over to the defense, and exactly what I just said about the offensive line. You better take it and say it about the defense because if you take Dante Stills, Jordan Jefferson, Sean Martin. Taj Olsen, and you know what they did with that offensive line? A traditional Virginia Tech offensive line. They wanted to block down. That's called gap blocking. Okay, they wanted to block down. They wanted the uncovered lineman to pull and kick out or hook or whatever. That's their offense in the run game. You know that before the Mountaineers, they tried rushing the ball 40 times on average per game. They had 120 rushes in three games. And against the Mountaineers, they only tried 18 times because – it was futile to do so. It was like running into a concrete wall and bouncing off backwards on your can. That's what it was. It was J.J., Jordan Jefferson, taking the guard and throwing him on his can. I mean, his bottom can, if you know what I'm saying. And, boy, I'd hate to be that offensive lineman in the meetings on that Sunday, last Sunday, because you know he was getting ripped by his teammates in the film room because he took them and threw them like he was a baby, a kid. And that's what the defensive line really did and controlled that offensive line. They could run the ball 1.9 yards per rush. They were having problems before rushing the ball. They were worse against the Mountaineers. And then you got to go ahead and look at Lee Koba, who's leading the team in tackles through the season. My goodness, they say that the, the game turned on Jordan Jefferson stopping on fourth and one. And I say this, that could be, and I'm not going to take that away from J.J., but the best play of the year, and I tweeted out at the time, was the play right beforehand where Lee Koba went in there and he stuck that running back on third and one, and that running back didn't even move forward one millimeter. Not one millimeter. Lee Koba met him in a line of scrimmage, Square-shouldered, bent knee, flat back. It's the perfect hit of a tackle, form tackle, that I have seen in years. In a time and a culture where form tackling is so dearly missed, this was a great example of how you tackle a running back and don't allow him one inch or millimeter forward. That was the best play thus far of the defense, in my opinion. But J.J.'s fourth and one. That was the next play. That was pretty darn good as well. Now, let's get to the secondary because the secondary, we've all talked about, oh, there's, there's issues going on. And there have been, and rightfully so. And they have to work better together. I think their communication has to be better. And I think you saw a little example of that. Now, let's be honest here. I think uh, the Pitts quarterback, Kobus, is better than Grant Wells. Uh, for Virginia Tech, but even still, Grant Wells threw a couple of nice long balls there, so I, I'm not going to uh, put any shade on him. But I will say this, that the, the, the secondary, you know, saw uh, McCormick give up a big touchdown play where they got better and better. And then, of course, what do you see? You see Jacoby Spells, the freshman. Now, you got to follow me here because I don't want to lose you or anybody else, but you got to follow me here because when you see a young freshman come out, whether he's making a reception or he's making an uh, interception, okay, anything with the ball, so many times they just want to secure that catch. Again, whether it be a reception or an interception, that they just fall down. It's just a natural thing. You want to be safe. You want to make the catch, and you fall down good enough for that play, right? Well, you have to train many times then to get out of that, and that comes with experience. What I loved about Jacoby Spells as a freshman is this dog saw it coming. He saw he saw the play coming. He he jumps right in front of the receiver. He saw the, it was that's a break. That's what they call a break on the ball. He jumps. He uses his hands. He didn't use his body. He used his hands. To stab that ball out of the ears, that means he's got skills, right? He's got ball skills. That's what that means when you translate it. So he's got that, 
and he takes it. And what does he do? He doesn't fall down. He's a freshman. He's in his second game of the of his career in college FBS Division One Power Five football. What does he do? Does he fall down? No. He gets the ball and he uses his eyes, his vision to see where the best opportunity is to go get a pick six. Now that's a baller. That's a playmaker. What's the difference? He didn't fall down. I'm telling you, you know as well as I do, there, when you're a freshman, you see that so many times. And that really what is what I've loved. And, of course, now you're going to have to go to the special teams, right? And how about this? How about Casey Lake? 100%. Do you know that he's tied for first place across the country in his percentages? Because he's 100%. He can't do any better, right? He hasn't missed a field goal yet. He's eight for eight. He had four in the game against the Hokies. And you don't think special teams really matters? Can you imagine those first six points if we came away with nothing on those drives? In fact, this, I think the second uh, three points, or the first three points, was we started from the one or two yard line because you know what? That punter for Virginia Tech, I think it was, it was more. He went ahead and nailed it down inside the five yard line, and the Mounters yeah, drove all the way. What's that? Punter had a great game. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's just, an, I tell you what, some NFL team better take him. That's for sure. But uh, again, as they put us back there, had that drive, can you imagine if Casey Leg would have missed the field goal or any of the other three field goals of that game? Special teams are huge. And when is the last time you saw another partially blocked punt? What ended up where it was in the Virginia Tech 47 yard line, it was on their side of the ball. That's two blocks in four games. Special teams are playing a part here. Special teams are helping the Mountaineers. Now, they're 500. They screwed up against Kansas, but I no one saw Kansas coming. Uh, I, actually, I, I take it back because I did last year when the Mountaineers won by just one score. I was like, well, Lance Leopold, watch out for this guy, and he's proven everybody wrong uh, that, that doubted Kansas. They're just being another team. They're not. They're going to go bowling this year. So that's going to be a team. I have no idea how they will do in the rest of the, the, the schedule, but they will win six games enough and probably seven, eight, or nine to actually uh, go to a good bowl game. But So that's not so bad of a loss as a look, and you know Pitt's not a bad loss. So, again, the Mounties are 500 right now, and it's all about this, man, heading down to Texas. Now, what do you, what do you want to say about Texas? Well, you know, my thoughts are that, uh, you know, they, they give Alabama all they wanted. Uh, but – and Alabama's defensive backs really weren't in the game. Many, many penalties. Uh, and I think West Virginia will do well against Texas. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's, here's the funny part, right? You know, the Mounters are 6-5 and five against the Longhorns in our time there – in the Big 12, do you realize that we are four and T or four and four and two, excuse me, at uh, Daryl K. Royal Stadium, Texas Memorial State? We are four and two. Can you imagine that? Uh, it's incredible. It is. But you know what? Those numbers don't matter to me. You know why? Because what matters to me are, is that the Mountaineers are top 25 in total offense. Okay, at number 18, I believe, in total offense. And they're top 25 in total defense. Yeah, even with that Kansas game, the Mounters are coming in at top 25. And, and again, going very well against what you see from Texas Longhorns. Now, we don't know if the quarterback's going to be Hudson Carr or it's going to be Quinn Ewers. We don't know. They're saying that Quinn Ewers has been practicing. All I know is this. All you have to do to know if Texas is the real deal. And they were, okay, let's take this a step back. So, obviously, they lost to Texas Tech last week. But they were up 35-14 at half, I believe. And, you know, they uh, had some bad uh, secondary uh, plays there to let Texas continue on and go ahead and eventually win. But if you watch that Alabama game, Man, you see a whole bunch of Texas Longhorns that are studs. Not only did they look good in their unis, and I mean as athletes, when you go out there and you see like looking like, well, that's an NFL team that just walked off the bus, right? That's what they look like just from a, a perception. Okay. Yeah, Ted. You, you know what I'm saying? And then, yes, 
and then you see them out in their play. They actually play. Bijan Robinson is the real deal. He's he's rushing the ball for uh, six yards per clip. Texas is averaging five yards per clip on the run. Hey, you got Roshan Johnson. He, he he's a senior number two. That guy he goes in there. That Wildcat quarterback. I mean. They are talented. Then you got Xavier Worthy, uh, who was the freshman All-American sensation last year, and he just runs away from the secondary. I mean, honestly, if they had a quarterback that they went there, if they had a JT Daniels, I'll tell you what, Xavier Worthy would be the greatest receiver in college football today because a guy like that, with that speed, he runs away from everybody. So the secondary has uh, – Make sure they they are ready. They better lock and load, man. And the defensive line has got to control the line of scrimmage. And I'll tell you, you know what, man? It's going to be a contest. This is really going to be another fun battle of the boxes. You know, Texas Longhorns, they're only averaging between the two quarterbacks. They're only averaging 160 yards passing, okay, which isn't bad, but it's not, you know, they're not throwing about 300-plus yards a game. But they are running about 165 yards per game. And Bijan Robinson is a danger in the running game and the passing game. And then you start putting in all the other talented players. And it is the Texas team. And the Mountaineers have their hands full, man. How far, how deep do you want me to go? <laughs> that's that's great. And, uh, you know, great analysis, great insight. And uh, I, I enjoy it. Well, I'm glad you enjoy it, brother. But listen, I got a question for you. We got Mountaineer Legends pregame tomorrow. You know, DT, Daryl Talley says he, he thinks he's going to be able to go tomorrow. So, and if you want to jump on, man, you want to say hello, you want to talk a little bit of Texas football, you are more than welcome to come on. I, I mean, I'll even send you a link. That's 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 an invitation now. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'll, I'll, I'll be there. All right. I'll send you a link, brother. That's good. And you can rip on DT. Somebody's got to be able to go ahead. And, and bring him down a step or two every now and then. <laughs> yeah. And me and him have become great friends. And uh, uh, like I said, I was worried about him for the hurricane. But uh, he was, matter of fact, when I talked to him, he was going out to get oil for his chainsaw to cut up the trees in his yard. Wait a so, second. Wait a second. Who's going to give DT a chainsaw? You know how scary I, that is? I want a I, picture of that because that would be a scary <laughs> thing to look at. You know, you could, you, could, you could Photoshop and do it at night and stuff, man. And I think you might you might have a scary dude right there, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I'm glad he's in Florida. I'm in Morgantown. Let's uh, let's change tags for just a second. Uh, your your shows. Uh, you made the mention to about your pregame show, and you also have the three Wolfley brothers. Uh, and the three Wolfley football. The three Wolfs of football. And I've not got a chance to listen to episode three, but I have the others, and they're very entertaining. Uh, it's just like you're sitting there with you guys, and that makes a big difference. Uh, how, how's all that going, buddy? Well, it's going good. I'll go with the three wolves here because you are just talking about that last. And the three wolves, you know, you sit there and say it's like sitting around amongst brothers. Well, you know what? That's what it is, man. And all we're doing is sitting around. We're talking about what we love. You know, we got you got faith in there. You you have family, you have football, and you have food. And if you can combine it the right way, it can be entertaining. And if we go, you know, go ahead. Sometimes it's like herding cats with those two guys. Now, Craig, okay, let's go back to this background here. <laughs> this is a guy that played 12 years in the NFL. He was in the world's strongest man contest. He's a black belt in jujitsu, you know, Mr. Bad Dude, all this stuff, right? And now he's a Steelers radio color guy who he just, he runs his mouth as much as he used to lift weights. Okay, so again, as he likes to talk. And then you go ahead and a pony boy, uh, brother Ronnie, who, you know, was a four-time pro bowler, 10 years in the NFL, uh, loves to talk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and you know, of course, I don't. You know, I'm the only one that's that's normal. So I, uh, no, I'm teasing. I'm saying that facetiously and sarcastically. But the three of us together, I try my best to make sure we move on and we don't spend too much time on one subject. But man, I'm telling you, now 
this last episode, I think you're going to really like because the first two episodes, we kind of had, had to establish a base, kind of establish who we were. And, you know, getting to know us a little bit so that people can understand why we think the way we do, why we call it the Wolfly Way. Because, you know, we're, we're just a little bit different. We walk to just a, a little bit, you know, different beat of a drummer. And whether for good or bad, it's indifferent. It's just the way we are. And when you, you hear their stories of football, man, yeah, I was thinking about it today. Do you know, there's, we got 22 years of legit NFL experience, 22 years of, of different teams, you know, because Craig was on two teams. Ronnie was on uh, uh, three teams because he played with the Browns for two years under Bill Belichick when Bill was there as the, the, the Browns head coach, and he played a year with the Rams. So, again, that's five teams that they've covered in five different locker rooms and five different teams of personalities, five different teams of guys that play at a super high level. You know, that's there's a lot of knowledge going there. And then you add in there each one 20-plus years of broadcasting in the NFL. I mean, like, yo, you know, that's they've got something to say, and, and obviously they do. But then you go ahead and you add me in there. I've been broadcasting with WVU for the last 10 years. You know, I've, I've been coaching uh, for all the years that I've coached for, either as a head coach as a junior college or at WVU or on staff at WVU. I've been around WVU since Ronnie came here in 1981, and I've only left a, a few short times. So, I mean, knowing the football, knowing – so that's like 13, 14 years of Power 5 football. That was spent there. So we're at it. And then the, the coaching, you know, Ronnie coached with the Arizona Rattlers. Craig was, has been a martial arts coach and training uh, the, 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 what they call the Tunch Punch. The, the Tunch Punch was for Tunch Elkin. Uh, okay, so Tunch was recently passed away. He was the Steelers broadcaster with my brother Craig. Okay, and, and best of friends. And he's a brother in our family. And so now you, you sit there and say, they're players, they're coaches. Okay, that's a lot of knowledge and experience that I don't think a whole bunch else have in a family. And we all are, and we all are the same. We all can be duckleheads, but we can also be very different as well and have different viewpoints. And I think that's really what makes it a good. And of course, the chemistry uh, is there because we grew up at 45 Hudson Road in Orchard Park, New York. That's why we call it, you know, the three wolves of football, the boys from Orchard Park. It was a mile or two from the Bills Stadium. And and we could hear the Bills Stadium because we had no money. So we could never go to the games, but we could listen to the game through the PA system. And and growing up like that, and we grew up in a, in a basement, uh, the three boys sharing a room in the basement. And and a family of seven, one bathroom. And, you know, that's just the way it was back then for a lot of families. And we wouldn't change anything because we had such a great, great experience. But that's where we come from. The, and, and you feel that. I think there's a little bit of authenticity there as well. I mean, I sit back and watch this because I have to edit it myself. And because no one else is going to edit my shows because I believe in... I have the vision. So when I'm editing, I'm, I'm just watching my brothers. And I'm like, wow, this is really cool. You know, this is really awesome. What they're spitting out. They're spitting out knowledge. They're spitting out wisdom. Uh, they're spitting out experience. Uh, they, they're spitting out love. They're, they're spitting out, you know, uh, caring. But they're also, we'll sit there and talk about outside those white lines, outside of that field. They're, they're going to talk about, you know, loving people outside. And then when they cross that line, as all football players do, they talk about going primal, man, you know, and having that instinct of survival and the game of football and what we all love, Mikey, right? It's what we all love. I mean, you go to Daryl Taylor, he loved it. He loved it. You know, you go to Brian Joswick, he loved it, you know, and, and a lot of people have this passion about Wolfies aren't any special with that. We just love the game like millions and millions and millions that do as well but we do have a unique experience and a unique situation with the family and, and i love it and you know I, I sit there and you know i try to come up with something like a mulligan every week and or something funny about what they do i call it a mulligan you know craig's uh 
call it the stupid brother of the week. And what they haven't figured yeah, I heard out him yet. Say that. Yeah. And what they haven't figured out yet is that they can get me, but they got to get off their cans and think because I'm the one controlling it. So, I, I mean, if they want to get me, they have to be a little bit resourceful. So basically, I'm not going to do it to myself. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make them do it to me, but I'm going to get them every week. <laughs> there you go. You know, did you, did you see the one with the high five that didn't arrive? Yes. What about Pony Boy, man? What a, you know, you're missing that with Dave Tash. Right. <laughs> yeah. And having, yeah, it filmed, having it caught on film was really cool. Yeah, that uh, was great. Yeah, so that is the, the, the three webs. We're going to just continue to talk about football. The last episode was more about football than, than about anything else, and, and I really enjoyed it because we really got into some really uh, some really cool discussions. And let's not forget that about the Wolfman's Call, which I do uh, a review uh, of WVU, uh, their game, and then uh, I do a breakdown as well. I didn't do one for Townsend because it just, you know, there wasn't really much – into that, I knew the way that was going to go. So, but Virginia Tech, you know, did the, the review, the breakdown, pit, same thing. That's the Wolfman's call. I go live. I live stream it, Mikey. I, you know what I mean? I go live and I, and I put it out there and uh, hopefully people like it. Oh, wait a minute. Let me kick it back. Three Wolves. It's on Podbean uh, podcast or, and it's by Parmar Stores. And uh, Parmar is our big supporter. Also, we, uh, have Artisan Grange. It's the switch to hemp, uh, just the dip because Artisan Grange is a actually is, is a true mountaineer. Uh, and what are they doing? Is they're skating this hemp, hundred percent hemp, in a hemp pouch, and they're getting people off tobacco, man, getting people off the of nicotine. And it's an excellent, excellent way because you know I chewed for so many years, so many years, and I have no desire for for the tobacco. So that's why I'm I'm in part involved in this in spreading the word is because it gets people out of an addiction out of an addiction and, and it helps i'm not guaranteeing it to anybody but i'll tell you what a lot of people go ahead and, and they take the hemp pouch 100 the asians have been doing it for 2700 years bro they, they got a lot of home remedy uh, home remedy medicine I mean, they do it. So anyways, I'm not claiming any kind of health benefits, but I do know this. I have no desire to chew tobacco or nicotine, and that makes my family happier than if I was chewing it. Yeah, they're, they're also one of our sponsors. Uh, matter of fact, this will be their first show. This is their first uh, show? That they sponsor, yeah. <laughs> Johnny said, yeah, man. Well, listen, what a I tell you what, you, nothing better than me doing it because I'm the spokesperson for him. All right, you know what I mean. Yep. So I'm the I'm the guy out there saying, "Get off the tobacco, man!" And I got people saying, "Why? What are you doing, man?" I'm like, "Hey, knock the tobacco out, knock the nicotine out, man. We're all coming out kick your can." <laughs> <laughs> now, I, hey, listen, Mike, I think it's great, man, uh, that they are sponsoring you, and and, and rightly they should. Rightly, they should. So, uh, very good. And uh, what else? Do I have anything else going on? I don't know if I got anything else going on. Oh, we have Mountaineer Legends pregame by Parmar Stores. So that's every week. You're going to come on that tomorrow with us. You're going to join, yes. and and we're going to talk Mountaineer football. We'll talk uh, Mountaineers of Texas. And and you know what's really cool about this is that you're getting a direct, direct breakdown from players that have actually been in those white lines, guys that have been on that field, guys that have been in those situations. You know, I, when, when you think about a Daryl Talley, and I just keep using his name because, you know, he, he, he's the king. WVU, he's the king. And, you know, him going ahead and being out there, what he has to say is important to me. You know what I mean? The guy played in four Super Bowls, and his teammates in the Bills respect the heck out of him, and he was the team leader. He was a defensive leader, team leader. And you, if they want to hear what he has to say in competing for Super Bowls, why the heck wouldn't anybody else want to hear what he has to say at his breakdown of the Texas Longhorns and the Mountaineers? Right? And and you know, I, I told Daryl one time, I said, you know what's cool about this is that I can ask you questions about practice, about games, about people, and get a honest, straight-up 
answer about things. Because, you know, DT, he don't put no sugar on nothing. And I really enjoy that. And we've had long discussions about, you know, how the NFL works. And, uh, I really enjoy that. Well, you know what? And that's really cool. And uh, you're right. He puts no sugar on things. And that's why before the pet game when he came on, I said, listen, this is PG-16. Okay, this is PG-16. That means, you know what PG-16 means. Everybody right. knows what that means. So uh, that's what you have to do. And you know what? And he did a great job. Uh, so I was so happy. Not that, you know, this uh, this is a show, but I do want uh, young people to listen because who better to listen to than mentors like Daryl Talley, Brian Joswiak, Aaron Beasley, Mike Collins. You, you know, I could go down the list. Major Harris, um, you know, you know, just... Owen Schmidt. Owen Schmidt will be that. I mean, we're trying to reach out. We had Avon Colburn on last week. Uh, so we're, we're really trying to reach out. I'm even talking to some guys going past the Don Nalen there. Maybe we'll get one of them on. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get Jake Kouchner to come on. You know, Kevin Kokin. You know, just guys. Also, it's Danny Moses, the Remington Award winner. You know, maybe I even I don't know Mike Compton. I think he's still coaching, so I don't know about that. But these are the type of guys I'm trying to get to, uh, so that we can have a variety of different viewpoints. I mean, Avon Coburn came on last week, is sharp as a tack, man, sharp. And you know, he, I wouldn't say that him and I would would agree on everything, but he was very effective and, and very informational. And then there's Eugene Napoleon too. Eugene was sharp, man. So again, uh, we're just given a variety of people uh, of what it's like to, and what they think based on their personal experience. You know what stood out in my mind about Avon was you asked him the question about field position. And he said he didn't think field position would come into play. And when the guy punted and down the Mountaineers at the two-yard line, and then they drove it 96 yards or something and kicked the field goal. And I thought, you know what? Avon was right. Uh, let me ask you this. Do you know Gene Lathy? I know who he is. He was on the 53 Sugar Bowl team. Yeah. Uh, he might be a good guest for you. Uh, well, you know what? I mean, it's, uh, that's right. Like I said, we're going we're gonna to have it. And I want them. I can, you know, get a, a number of people on. And I just think that, uh, you know, Parmar Stores has been so supportive of this Mountaineer Legends uh, pregame and so supportive of, of the Wolfman's call, so supportive of the three Wolves of football. I mean, my goodness, Parmar's like, man, whatever we can do to help you guys, whatever, because they see the value in professionalism and wisdom and knowledge. They really do. And, and I think they've caught on to something that we're really trying to do. I think we're kind of finding out as we go along exactly and pinning it down to exactly really where we're going with this and what we're doing and, and, and fine tuning it. And when we do that, I, I think it's a better product for everybody. And uh, we, we need to continue and we need to get better and put our thoughts out there. But I love the, the diversity of opinion. And if you get, you know, if you can do that and you can agree to disagree and be cordial and, and have all the respect, I think that's great. Yeah, you certainly, you certainly got a good thing going there, Wolf. Uh, like I say, I, I've enjoyed <laughs> like the high five you talked about. If For those that haven't seen, it, it was episode number two, I believe. Oh, um, yeah, the high five that didn't not arrive. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's worth it. It's worth to hear Ron Wolfley's explanation of what happened. Well, Harry, you uh, know what? The video. Episode three, okay, which you have not watched yet. Okay, so we discuss, being that we're from Orchard Park, New York, being that we're from Buffalo, being that we love to eat, we discuss what are the best chicken wings in Buffalo. Where do you go to get them? And you'll find that very, uh, I, th I think you'll find that very uh, informational. Maybe a little entertaining. Now, remember, Derry, Craig, the oldest brother, hey, Derry just recently broke a tooth on a chicken wing. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, so listen, man. So he broke a tooth on a chicken wing, right? We've been busted on him. And he gets this, uh, uh, This he calls it a flipper. It's this, 
uh, temporary tooth he's, he needs to put in there. And he puts it in his mouth. Well, it gives him a lisp. Well, and he's like, he's like, hey, I can't do this. And they're like, well, no, but you look so much better than having a missing tooth out there. He goes, what does that matter? I'm on the radio. <laughs> he's like, I don't care. And then we're, hey, then we had to do this taste test with his fairy tale brownies. You know, fairy tale brownies are absolutely the best brownies I've ever eaten in my life. That's no joke. I mean, they come in a package. You order them online. You know, they got a seven-day shelf life, man. And then they got 30 days in the refrigerator. Best doggone brownies. They got the assorted kind, right? I asked, I asked Derry, I said, what's your favorite? He said, every one in the box. <laughs> he got, he got, <laughs> I said, no. And then he goes, he goes, you know what I really like? Because they got different sizes. And they had this little bite-sized one uh, for for the petite, right? And he's like, well, I just use this. So kinda, he kind of like throws that in his uh, you know, just a, a something to eat for a mouthful. He's like, "Hey, I can slip this right through my tooth." So I mean, <laughs> the missing tooth. So I mean, you know, I, seriously, like I got, I got two brothers and myself that when I say we walk to a, a different drummer, I mean it. You know, a different beat, man. And, and again, with 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 Pony Boy, it's just a lot of fun. We're just having fun, man, and um, having fun with the Wolf Dance Call, having fun with Mounder Legends pregame. I left WVU. I did I did my due diligence, 15 years of alumni. So happy I did it. I, I left. I'm good. And now I still have all those relationships that I had created. But now I'm doing what I want to do, my own shows. Uh, not, you know, man, I'm just basically just doing my own thing, man. My own free will, brother. That's what I love. And uh, I think it shows in the shows. Well, congratulations, my man. And, uh, uh, you know, you're a good storyteller. Uh, Ron is a great storyteller. Uh, <laughs> he just puts so much emotion in it. And let me tell you a quick Ron story. Uh, Go ahead. I think I've told you this before, but in 1984, uh, I was lucky enough to win the West Virginia High School Player of the Year Award from the Touchdown Club. And so at that time, they didn't allow women. as stag event, which uh, was unbelievable. Anyway, uh, Ron was captain, Tommy Bowman was captain, and Rob Bennett was captain. And this was Lakeview. So they got us together to take a picture with me. And Ron's talking to my dad, and he says, you know, Mr. Dunlap, I just can't figure out. I'm a big, strong football player, and I keep having little girls. Rob's a big football player. He has little girls. Hey, Mr. Dunlap, what do you think the problem is? And my dad says, he says, you think I'm firing blanks? <laughs> my dad says, Ron, you're not firing blanks. you just not put enough powder in the gun. <laughs> I've never forgot that. I, All right. Well, I mean, I, the, there's logic behind that. <laughs> Rod was just so serious, but uh, yeah, he, what a great player for the Mountaineers. And, uh, of course, I'm a Steelers fan, so I, I know who Craig was. I've met him a couple of times and, uh, you know, just, just a great, the Wolfley family, you, you're doing great things, man. And I appreciate it. Uh, I got one more question before we leave here. Go ahead. Did you watch the game last night? Yes. What you? Th I thought the Bengals uniforms looked great with those white helmets and. and yeah, all it, it really took me a minute or two to get used to it. Uh, I think that the the throwbacks are going to be like, no, I don't like it, and the the, the new people are going to be like, yeah, you know, that's cool, and uh, yeah, I'm good with it. I mean, I'm. I'm all right with it, man. But if I could put up with the Steelers and they come out with that old timer, look like they just got out of jail look, uh, yeah, off the chain gang line, then I can deal with anything because that to me was the the worst, the worst oh, uniform I've ever seen in my life. It was horrendous. <laughs> well, buddy, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. And uh, again, folks, if you if you get a chance. Check out Dale on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, check out his shows. You're going to enjoy all of them, I promise. 
And, uh, you know, Dell's got some great sponsors, Parmar, Artesian, uh, uh, Grange, Artisan Grange, I'm sorry. And uh, I had I had a stroke, man. I, my memory's not always there, so you know what? Uh, That's right. You're still loyal. Yeah, <laughs> That's I, why I, I love you. <laughs> I'm actually at dialysis right now. I can uh, hear it. You're cranking yeah. away, brother. Got that machine going, man. Lube you up. Bop, 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 bop. Yeah, that's what I call it. Getting my oil changed. <laughs> there you uh, go. Got to do what you got to do, brother. So, so get it worked out. It gives me a chance. You know, I've, I'm in a chair for four and a half hours, so it's a great time for me to make phone calls and emails and stuff and, and do do this podcast. And uh, so, anyway, our guest today is has been Dale Wolfley. And for appearing on this show, Dale, you get to pick between A and B for your prize. I'm going to go with A. First one. Okay, well, let me first of all, let me tell you what you didn't win. All right. You didn't win a two-week paid vacation, all expenses to Hawaii, compliments of talking to the mic. So that was B. A, well, A is empty. A is empty. You know what? I can see how that goes. Because if I would have picked B, A would have been uh, – <laughs> Doing uh, vacation and talking to the mic. I know how that goes, buddy. I have a show too. That's right. And you know the beautiful thing about it is, when it's your show, you can do whatever you want. Right? That's exactly it, and that's what I love because I keep changing rules. That's right. All right, folks, give Dale a listen. Great Mountaineer, great uh, Fat Boys Media, I believe it's called, is your company, and. Uh, Check out the pregame for this coming week versus Texas. And uh, thanks, Dale. You got a monkey D.